Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're here this week to talk about uh, episode 681 of Adventures in Odyssey, The Green Ring Conspiracy, Part 3. That we are. This this one is interesting. I, I have thoughts. We'll get into it. Ooh, Andrew has thoughts. A first for this show. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't happen most of the time, but but sometimes one will just rattle its way through my skull. And thank goodness I've got this podcast so I can make it all your problem. Amen to that. Um, So, yeah, uh, we're just doing like abbreviated context here off the top. So we're going to jump right into cast. Let's go. We have an exciting new major character for Odyssey appearing in this episode for the first time. Pennywise. Yeah. yeah, thoughts on Penny? Uh, I think she gets better as time goes on, but I don't dislike her. Yeah, I agree. I think that they they do a lot with her character, and I didn't realize that she was introduced this late. I thought that she was pre-album 50, but I guess that makes oh, sense no, sir. that she's... This is, this is her appearance. So, uh, and she, she is voiced by Kimmy Robertson. Mm-hmm. who we previously talked about when we did Pokenberry Christmas um, because she plays the concierge yeah, at the, uh, the Twin Peaks Motel um, <laughs> because uh, she is Lucy in Twin Peaks mm-hmm. um, and Twin Peaks The Return. Ooh. Ooh. Um, the, uh, Can you so, tell Dylan so, likes Twin Peaks? I really like Twin Peaks, guys. The uh, So there, there's a little blurb in the new version of the official guide. Um, that just says, uh, Paul McCusker wrote the part of Pennywise with actress Kimmy Robertson in mind. Paul remembered Kimmy from a TV show he had seen. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> that show, Twin Peaks, but uh, we can't say that because it's focus. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually really funny. And I know. I it- mean... Does that answer some questions? I feel like we had a question previously as to whether the Twin Peaks references were conscious or not. Oh, no. The Twin Peaks references we knew were conscious. Okay. Okay. Like, we, yeah, we, we kind of came to that conclusion on air. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're for sure real. But, yes, that is a nice other um, additional little nice yeah, feather in the cap, so to speak. Um, or a feather duster in the cap because uh, she also plays uh, the feather duster in Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Wow. And so hot to so not. I mean Penny Penny does not sound well. I mean if you you've seen the character artwork for Penny. Yeah, no, I mean I dig the hat and the big glasses look. She sounds a little bit like an old lady. Just a little bit. Mm. Like in yeah, the, in the well, timbre of her voice. Um Yes, that's probably because she's being played by an older woman. Oh, that would make sense. That's unfortunate. Well, is, I mean, not yep. really unfortunate. Okay, it's, we're done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she she also, and I think we talked about this before, but she also voiced Dot in the animated Tick cartoon, um, which makes me happy. That's Arthur's sister. Um, <laughs> and uh, just as a reminder for listeners, uh, in that show, Townsend Coleman plays the Tick. Oh. Our boy Jason. Yeah. Um, all right, so that that's Kimmy Robertson, Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Steve Franken uh, voicing Benjamin Trask. Um, he it was just kind of a actor for hire, has like 180 um, credits on IMDb, but mostly just one-off appearances in TV shows. Um, nothing too prominent. He played a character called Brandon in an episode of Seinfeld, which I only bring up because Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and he was in the original Bewitched, Playing six different characters. Interesting. Which is weird. I don't understand how old TV works. But one of those characters, which he portrayed twice, named George Barkley. Wow. Yep. You, so. Do you think that, like... No. It was an accidental... no connection. <laughs> it is just funny. Um, huh. And, uh... I really yeah. hope he's I not mean, aware of that joke. Wit, wit doesn't... <laughs> Wit doesn't believe in, in coincidence, so I guess it was intentional, but yeah, just not yeah. by human intentions. Or, or you know? it was been, it's been ordained. Right. You know. For sure. Um, he also uh, 
so the, these episodes aired in like spring to summer of 2011. He passed away in 2012. Oh, okay. At age 80. So he is a, yeah, so 78, 79-year-old man recording these parts. And, for Benjamin yeah. as Benjamin Trask. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. I mean, good, good on them. I guess voice actors are specially endowed in that way. Or if they could maintain their voice, they can really do a lot of things late into their career. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, always cool And he when... sounds great here. Yeah, I agree. I always like it when uh, when they when they pull someone like that. Um, and then we also have uh, Diane Shu playing Agent Lauren Taylor. Um, oh, okay. From the uh, Secret Service. Uh, she doesn't have any notable IMDb credits. But she was the voice of Doris Rathbone in Doris Rathbone's last two appearances. Oh, on album 50? Yeah, 50 and before. Because Rathbone's haven't existed since 50. But yeah, like, and Doris has only been in like 12 episodes or something. Mm -hmm. She was originally voiced by Pamela Hayden, um, who also was the original voice of Katrina. Um, But then when she didn't, like when she left and didn't come back... um, they ended up getting Diane Shu to voice Doris twice and then brought her back here as Agent Lawrence Taylor, Lauren Taylor, which, like, could not be further from the, like, those voices could not be further apart. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, uh, is there a promo for this one? Yes, sir, and I will be rolling it now. Odyssey is full of people looking for Witt's grandson. Detective Don Polhouse, Odyssey Police. Lou Ross, Hospital Security. Agent Lauren Tanner, U.S. Secret Service. Why has Monty disappeared? He may have suffered a head injury in the crash. He's a rogue agent. We believe he's now working with a counterfeiting ring. The Green Ring Conspiracy continues to unfold on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Two things. One, I wrote down uh, in that context thing, her as Agent Lauren Taylor. It's Tanner. I'm just dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Promo, for offering that correction. Um, And additionally, uh, they make it sound like it is way more about Maury this episode than what it is. You mean Monty. I do mean Monty. And thank God for that. Let's, let's now. <laughs> so we can't we can't mention his name lest he appear. <laughs> it's like uh. Beetlejuice, <laughs> a movie that uh. nobody that listens to Adventures in Odyssey has seen. Ah, uh, I I don't, I don't think know. that there's a whole lot of overlap. There's probably not a ton of crossover, but like it's I don't know. It's like a, it's a cultural classic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, no, the Monty is. I mean, they talk about him a decent bit, I suppose, but yeah, yeah no, I mean, there, he does not drive the plot in this episode by any right. means. Right, like he definitely, he definitely plays a role, and he's maybe the most interesting thing going on here, just because it's like the mystery part. But yeah. like, so much of this episode is Connie and Penny, yeah, and then also just like Polehouse continuing to investigate. Yeah, and also, like, why wouldn't you take that promo to introduce a new character that you're planning on making a runner in the show? <laughs> well, so here's the thing, is I they weren't trying to make her a runner. Oh. They, so they, and we'll, we can get into this more as we go, but their original intentions for Penny were different than what they got. Okay. When they, um had her there in the studio they were like oh we really like the way this is working and um katie lee pushed really hard for her to come on and be like a friend for connie Mm -hmm. um but they yeah but they that was not the original intention when they created her like when they brought her in like mccusker wrote this part for Kimmy Robertson, mm-hmm, but it was he, not like a. She's gonna not marry this Wooten big and all of that, right? It wasn't yeah. this big recurring role that they were setting up. It was just like, oh yeah, she's going to be a character in this saga. Well, it's a good. And then, I mean, like as the we rest know, of them just kind of go on their way. Yeah, like Benjamin Trask. Like it makes sense that you would need a bridge between Connie and and uh, Doctor Trask, I suppose, or Professor Trask. Um, but. 
yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, I really like what they do with her in this uh, album, as, but it, it's, overall, I think they do a decent job with the character. Um, they give her a lot more complexity. I also never realized how big of a player Katie Lee has been in Odyssey over the years. Like, she's appeared in more episodes than any other voice actor, and now really is carrying, like, the bulk of the plot burden of of New Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely an element of that. I think, unfortunately, like, it's... She is in the majority of... Or she is in more episodes than anyone else. However, I don't think, like... She doesn't, she doesn't do more than everybody else. She probably does less. Right. This is this is exactly the thing. Is I think that it would be interesting. Well, and obviously, like as an actress, Katie Lee has appeared, but as a character, Wit is more prevalent than Connie. Mm-hmm. But like, I also feel like Connie doesn't get as many like a plot episodes. Yeah. Like it's rare that she is like the driving force behind stuff. Um, I think that, like, during, especially during the era, era where, like, Kathy Buchanan is writing a lot of, like, Connie stuff, we do get more of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, on average, if you're going to go, like, who is the main character of the episode, it would be it's interesting to very, see where Connie common. stacks up. Yeah. Because it's also, like, it's not wit that often either. No. Like, no. But... But then Wit gets, like, these big power play arcs and whatever that all yeah. revolve around him in a way that, like, Connie never really gets, like, a bigger storyline that revolves around her, aside from, like, the Connie and Mitch stuff. Yeah, and the conversion arc, I would say, was probably oh, pretty Oh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's fair. Like, the first year of the show is pretty Connie-heavy. Yeah. I think the problem is we get into this is... The, right, they she kind gets, of becomes ambiguous. The conver- they end the conversion arc, then she just kind of has her place as like, you know, foil to Eugene, occasional wit junior, yeah, person in the shop, and doesn't really get stuff again until maybe Mitch. Like I feel like there's yeah. a long period where like she occasionally gets like, you know. She maybe gets like an episode or two an album. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're they're. But. I think that they're giving her a lot more work now. I think with everything with yeah. jewels, you know, and um, and Buck and all of that, and post Green Ring Odyssey. I think that she probably gets a lot more work. But even then, I I yeah, I, don't I think know that you're how, right like, where she doesn't right, get many a plots. She just becomes yeah. to be more of a wit surrogate. Yeah, but also, like, I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily need the adults in the show to be taking up a bunch of A spots. Like no, 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 yeah. I mean, so. it would be nice, and, and I like what they've done with her. Like, obviously, I really hope that they make Connie a counselor. I really hope that she does that. <laughs> I mean, that would be so cool. Uh, that And it would play very well in what she's doing at Wits End and everything like that, so... I think that there's potential for her character for sure. Yeah. And we yeah, we're always happy to see Connie in whatever capacity she's in. So. Yeah. And yeah, and it's especially looping back to kind of where we started with this, like behind the scenes, it definitely seems like Katie Lee plays a pretty instrument. Yeah. Like there's been a couple instances where she's come up in like the official guide and whatnot is like pushing really hard for one thing or another Mm -hmm. Um, where she like really puts her weight behind it. Yeah. And I just like appreciate that because yeah. And and it's a thing you see with like a lot of like television shows, actors who have been there for a while often like get start getting producer credits and start like directing episodes or whatnot. And we obviously don't have that clear a path with Katie Lee, but she definitely, She's right. She's been playing the same character for you know twenty plus 30, years. 30, 30 some years, Andrew. Oh yeah. Like Yeah. It's yeah. You kind of I don't know. He gets some like, authority. Gives you a special perspective. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, and considering, I mean, how old she was when she started the show versus how old she is now. Yeah, I I mean, it's 30 years. Yeah, it's 30 years. But in a certain sense, like, I think, well, yeah. Yeah, there's no no shock there in that over 30 years she developed as a person. Yeah. So, yeah, um, this, uh, yeah, so this episode starts then with uh, Connie taking a college art class. Yeah, Um, really good sound engineering for the classroom. Mm, Oh, absolutely. This is uh, Connie's first dipping into college. Is it? After 20 years of the show, there is a, yep, there is a, a nice note in the official guide that just says, uh, what, Connie was 15 when Adventures in Odyssey began. It took 11 years for her to graduate high school and another 13 for her to start college. <laughs> wow. Yep. Um, and then specifically they were referencing, I guess there's an episode on album 29 called The Painting, um, where Connie said that she was thinking about majoring in art. That, I mean, okay. And so they did this. Do you think that wit gives benefits? Like, I, how? I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it's weird, but, like, also, like, in the meantime, she's, you know... Launched several ha- businesses and Right, launched businesses, lot. been engaged, like... Yeah. Like, it's not like she's just been, like, doing nothing for years. And even this doesn't feel like... Like, I think what they're getting into now with, like the counselor stuff might be more of like, hey, Connie's like trying to like get a degree. Yeah. This feels like she's just trying to like take a course to expand on some skills. Mm-hmm. At least that's kind of how Wit and Eugene reference it in the previous episode. No, yeah, yeah. It's for her for her dreams by Constance endeavor, um to to quote a phrase. Yep. Um, yeah, so this is also the first scene where we get introduced to Pennywise, who sits next to Connie in the class. Yep. Um, and it's a really, really fun dynamic that they have where you're hearing uh, Dr. Benjamin Trask talking in the back room and you're hearing his lecture and you're hearing their conversation of kind of getting to know each other and um, yep. all the anxiety. Yeah, the immediate elephant in the room of, wait, did you say Pennywise as in like... Pennywise, Pennywise and a pound foolish, and she's like, "Yep." And you're Connie Kendall, like Connie Kendall kicked a copper kettle carelessly, um, because every uh, every name should have an expression, which is a thing you think of when you have a name like Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah, and it was that moment I knew she was perfect for Wooten. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, man!" They do have they do have a good good dynamic. More, more on that uh, in the future, but yeah, but yeah, it is just a. Yeah, it's fun for to just have this dynamic. This mm-hmm. is not an area we've really gotten to explore before. And so, you know, Dr. Trask is Dr. Trask, I don't know. I I I don't know that he has his doctorate. I mean, it's pretty hard to get a doctorate right. in art, so. Ben, 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 Benny Trask. Yeah, we'll call him um, Benny. Um, <laughs> Benny giving... and the Trask. But Benny and the Trask. <laughs> Um, he's giving, he's kind of giving the intro to the course and Connie and Penny are like whispering back and forth saying like, you know, Connie's like, I don't know that I have any skill. Yeah. And Penny's like, oh, I did, you know, it'll be easy. You know, Dr. Trat, I, I'm just going with it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Tweeted us if we suck, but I'm just, I'm just saying, just saying Dr. Trask because that's what's rolling out of my mouth. That's okay. Um, that's, that's fine. I'm okay with this. We're... We need to set a standard here. And Dr. Trask, I mean, most of my professors are doctors and, uh, you know, like to acknowledge it. Just pay respect where respect is due. So, yeah, we might regret thinking highly of him, but I suppose we had Dr. Regis Blackard. So doctorates don't always mean good people in Odyssey. Well, and we uh, just just last time, what, we we, we talked about uh, Perfect Witness. The villain was a, was a doctor professor, right? Oh, yeah. Did he have his doctorate? Sure, sure. Odyssey just doesn't like uh, doesn't like people in the higher education. education. <laughs> they challenged our thought. Oh no. Um. So yeah, Penny then goes on to explain that she's taken all of Trask's classes. Yeah. Which is, um. 
interesting. And then I'm like, this is an intro to art class, so I guess she's just taking them because of Trask? Definitely. Like, she's... this is the last one on the checklist. Yeah. I Did you ever have, like, the same professor more than once intentionally in college? No, but I had the same professor more than once just because of, like, how majors work. Yeah, that's fair. I I This was my first semester where I, like, found out what class my favorite professor was teaching, and I took that mm. class. It just so happened that it was also a class I would have needed to take anyway at some point. Nice. So. I had... I had a really good, my first semester, I had this great English teacher who was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and had a, she had a really good relationship with our class. Um, we were the only section to that she brought in donuts for on the last day. Nice. Like we, just, we had, like, a great thing going. And we got, I don't know if it was to all of us or to a selection of us, but I was definitely one of them, where she sent us an email and was just like, hey, I'm teaching this class next semester. I would love to have you in it. And I was just like, oh, that, like, warms my heart. But, like, that is not a class that will, like, I would... I would get no credit for taking that. Yeah. Well, and that's so. that's what happened with me and uh, insert counseling professor from LBC here. Uh, I took a two-part counseling class with her my um, my first and second semester there. And, uh, and at the end of my second semester, she was like, hey, I'm teaching this other class with another professor that I super love. So I, uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is an absolute win. And then, of course, COVID got in the way, and I, we barely meet. Like, oh right, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, it was supposed to be like I was supposed to travel internationally with two of my favorite professors. <laughs> it would have been so much fun. A true bummer. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so Penny just takes all of all of Trask's classes. Um. And uh, yeah. Connie's super nervous about this one, and Penny's like, "Well, look, they're gonna pair. He's gonna pair us up. He always does that. So, <laughs> like, let's, uh, you know, let's be a pair." Yeah. Um, and Connie's and, like, "Oh, I think you're my new best friend," and it's so and I, cute. Yes, and I was, but I, but I was, I did write down low bar. Yeah. Like, who was Connie's old best friend? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really. She's got Eugene. Um, right. Uh huh. And Wit. Yeah, I mean, Wit's pretty like, nice, but like he's certainly and, not a peer. Her and Katrina have a good thing before, like Katrina gets married. Yeah, and then I, I feel like that kind of ends. Yeah, no, Connie doesn't have any peers. I mean, we've definitely been over this before. Yeah, we we've <laughs> talked about it a lot, and and Odyssey is aware of it. Like, yeah. in the book, they talk about they're like, oh, um, it's always been hard for us to find a like we or what did they say we we wondered perhaps if penny could be a friend to a friend connie's age that elusive character we had never been able to create in many years of the of doing the series yeah so like they they know (laughs) they know they know that they've been they've been slacking in the connie having friends department i mean well it's true though peers yeah peers very little Poor, poor Connie. But they do have a good dynamic, and it, it does make me happy to, like, kind of hear that character hitting it off so well. Yeah. And yeah. so then the next scene is, uh, or I guess we cut to Wit and Dr. Graham um, and the hospital security kind of picking up where the last episode uh, ended about Monty being missing. Yep. Um, so they're playing back security footage of Monty um, sneaking out. This is, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Lou Lou, Ross. I wanted to say Lou Reed, (laughs) and I was like, no, I know it's not Lou Reed. If he's there, it's only to steal the drugs. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so it's, so it's the security guard, um, is, yeah, kind of recapping all this, kind of proving that they saw him, and they're like, how did he go from, like, unconscious to escaping in an hour? And they're just like, well... You know, whatever. Bang energy. Like, yep. Maybe maybe he was faking unconsciousness. I don't know. Can you do that with monitors hooked up to you? Let me know, Chalk Squad. Pull, um, a, pull a Sherlock and, like, actually stop your heartbeat. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the Secret Service, you know, trains Training. you in that for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. Conscious control of, of vital organs. Yeah. 
And so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> the security guard's like, hey, you know, uh, Wit's like, all right, I'm going to tell Janna, let her know that he's gone. And the security guard's like, no, Wit, we got to keep this on the down low. That's Don't why you know. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, oh, oh, finally? Like, yeah. we're finally keeping this on the down low? And then we literally cut to a scene where Eugene is aware of Monty. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's certainly not on the down low. There is no regard for HIPAA or privacy or... <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, U.S. security? Like, yeah, I don't know. National we, we exposed a Secret Service agent to a bunch of people? Well, it's just because Wit knows he's not bad, you know? Like, right. he, he's got it deep within him that he knows that Monty's in the right here. In the same way <laughs> that he knew that Novacom was wrong... Um, it's true. Yeah, um, so then we cut to Eugene and Emily back at uh, Wit's End, waiting for the detective to show up. Yeah, well, so so Polehouse shows up He uh, to get the backpack. Mm-hmm. He puts on gloves to examine it, and Emily starts geeking out because, mm-hmm. you know, detective She's a Emily. child, and she's excited, and he's like, no, it's so I don't give the money any icky germs. <laughs> See, this is this is the problem, and I don't know if this is Phil Proctor's performance or if this is intentional in the writing, but, like, Polehouse doesn't seem like a standoffish grump in this scene. He seems like a guy who is, like, focused on doing his job and, like... I don't know. At least, like, his little quips and whatnot, to me, read more as dry humor than as, like, guy who is mad at the world. Yeah, which I don't understand, then, what they want from him. (laughs) Right. This is exactly it. I don't know if this was, like, just, the like, them not directing Proctor's performance particularly well, or mm -hmm. if this was, like written intentionally to be like if they if this is what they wanted where they're like we want to like give the man a little bit of humanity it's just in such contrast to all the stuff we've gotten previously yeah well and it feels kind of like he's supposed to be the comedic relief in an otherwise like very serious scene and it just doesn't really land because he it doesn't match the character and it's not really delivered in a yeah. very transparent way <laughs> like for me the dry humor worked oh no yeah i mean it's iconic but, and i like i don't give the money any icky germs is imprinted right. on my brain <laughs> it's really funny right yeah and the oh uh, he has a line later uh when when buck asked him about the backpack and he says i bought it because i'm because uh, it matches the coffee stains on my shirt. Like, that That actually made me laugh. <laughs> so, uh, we also here see that um, Oliver Twist is in the side pocket. There was only one right. bill that was removed. You know, other kind of clues. Yep. Um, there's no inscription in the inside of the book, but there was a flight plan for the crashed airplane. And then, yeah. you know, it's the same flight. Um, and then there's also a last-minute revised plan. Um, right. To go Originally to... headed to Chicago, then it was changed to Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a map with uh, Trickle Lake circled. Mm-hmm. Uh, right next to Forest Mountain. And a series yep. of numbers um, that don't really have any known meaning. meaning. Right. Right. So the other thing we got to hit on here, because it's an important I don't know, lens for this or whatever. They, um, Oliver Twist is like thematically relevant to this saga, but also to the specifically like the Buck and Mr. Skint relationship. Oh, okay. So they, well, so for one, Buck Oliver, the Oliver is from Oliver Twist. Oh, um, the that makes Buck. Sense is because they name a bunch of the characters who appear first in this arc after money because it's, Uh, you know, all about these stolen bills, which is also how we get Pennywise and, like, Wally Hagler. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they really do all be like that. I wonder if – is Trask any form of currency? 
I don't know anything about. I don't think I can come up with anything for Trask. Um, Dirk begs. Obviously, mm-hmm. he begs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's some you know a pole house. Yeah, whatever that is. For sure. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. So so there there's that there's that whole element. Um. And then there's also so the like the Oliver. I don't know how I don't know what all you know about Oliver Twist. I never read it. I know that it takes place on like the streets and it tracks kind of um like a like a street rat kid in like the what mid 1800s or early 1800s in England. Yeah, I think I think it's actually the late 1800s, but uh, late still 1800s. In, yes, we're we're in we're in London and there is the character of Oliver Oliver Twist, who's this, you know, orphan kid on like the street. Pickpocket. Right. And the character of uh Fagin, who is yeah. the kind of like father figure slash handler for, you know, crime involving Oliver Twist. Like mm-hmm. it is it is the Buck and Mr. Skint dynamic. Yeah. Is what they're going for. Um the other thing so if you want kind of a I don't know. The, the, to see the same kind of dynamic played out in a different way and kind of like a modern spin, whatever, there is a, a movie that I think is quite good um, called August Rush. Oh, I've heard of it. Um, that has kind of a similar um, similar vibe. dynamic. Robin Williams, Freddie Highmore, good, good kind of play on this whole like Oliver Twist kind of dynamic of like, hey, you know, orphan kid. Um, getting taken under the wing of like a shady guy um yeah and so yeah the uh yeah so that's that's kind of our thing and interestingly the um next so uh, kind of simultaneously with odyssey since like the 90s we're getting these focus on the family radio theater which is like taking either like i mean they did chronicles of narnia but Mm -hmm. not necessarily christian stuff um, but just like older works, a lot of stuff that's like public domain, yeah. Um, and doing like really good, um, you know, dramatized versions of them. Um, and so the one that they do, uh, the 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 one that they do around the same time as the Green Ring Conspiracy is an Oliver Twist. Oh, um, okay. Thing. So if you want to grasp on the Oliver Twist story and how that might, I can give focus even of... more of my money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if like if Radio Theater is part of the uh, AIO club or not um but best not risk it (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'll just have to watch august rush instead yeah so that that's our uh that's our whole yeah oliver twist bit um so this is when buck walks in uh and you know he is immediately recognized by um detective pullhouse and he kind of plays it off like oh i'm still hanging up posters um and uh and he mentions the backpack and this is when pole house drops the line of i bought it because it matches the coffee stains on my shirt and uh yeah it's it's a it's an interesting scene here they he has a poster uh eugene tells him to put it up in the little theater and keep it orderly please um and then buck wants to apply to wit's end uh and emily just Goo goo gaga like oh, yeah. Looney Tunes eyes she pops out of her head. Crushing for hard on Buck. Yeah. To which I'm like, poor Emily. She needs if Emily was a real person, she would probably not be straight anymore after Maury and Buck. Oh yeah. That is I mean, she didn't really crush on Maury, right? He was, I you know I really hope not. But, but still. There's there's still time. She's been uh, abused by enough men in her yes. life. She really, really has. It is, it is rough. Um, it's also, it's a very um, Lucy Maxwell dynamic. Yes. Yes. 100%. Buck is, he's not, there's not quite as much of an age gap and he is not quite as greasy. No, no. But no, he it... does like dial the charm up to 11. Yeah. No, Southern just like, yeah, he do, he, oh, he knows what's happening and he is using it to his advantage. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I, I want to start. I, before we jump to the next scene, no, I want good. to round out the little Oliver Twist thing that I didn't, that I, yeah, forgot to say, which okay. is the, so the book is in the side pocket of the backpack. That was like the, you've got like the flight plan and the map and that stuff is clearly placed there by Dirk. Mm-hmm. But Oliver Twist being in the side pocket is the kind of the closing of the loop from the first episode or the last episode, I guess the second episode where Skint is asking Buck about the backpack. Oh, was there anything in it? And he kind of like starts to, and then it's just kind of like, now it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously that is Oliver twist is the thing that's in there. And like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this doesn't actually have like any value. It's totally replaceable. But just the idea of like, oh yeah, Buck is like, you know, spending his evenings reading Oliver Twist, mm-hmm. um, is and just it's something like, that yeah that that leads back like, to him. Yeah, it's it's it very like cool. Means something to him and whatever. Like I just, yeah, I don't know. I just like it. Mm-hmm. So like it our... was initially Dirk Beggs's backpack. No, no, no. So remember, um, Mister Skint took that backpack, yeah, filled it with the money, gave it to Dirk, yeah. With Buck's book still mm-hmm. in it, then the then Dirk took the backpack, presumably put the map and the um uh, and the flight plan yeah. in it. Jumped on the plane, the backpack fell out of the plane during yeah. the struggle when it crashed, and then Emily found it. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was Monty's backpack, but then I guess the scene would definitely contrast it. Uh, right, for sure, because this is Buck was kind of sent out to go find the backpack full yeah. of money. Yeah, and this is him finding it, and then yeah. So yeah, uh, this is also Emily hints at the fact that she has a detective agency. Uh, Buck wants to apply to Wit's End because you know I love this place, and this is when Emily's kind of like, oh, I haven't seen you around here. I would remember. Um, yeah, crushing, and crushing is just rolling, rolling his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Audibly. <laughs> yeah. An excellent vocal performance by Sir Will Ryan. Yep. Um, and then we then uh go to Connie and Penny. Yeah, back in back in Dr. Trask's art class. Ooh, an Connie is, show. Connie is feeling very uh bad about her art and Penny is trying to, you know inspire her or encourage yeah. her a little bit she says uh capability uh, you know the saying capability is the soil on which our talent grows and connie's like no who said that and she's like i just did um, then it sounds pretty neat doesn't it <laughs> right yeah and connie just kind of like oh was... yeah and then um and then yeah she, she... we get the bit with <laughs> the rabbit and the fangs right. so so yeah penny asks what that drawing is she's like a rabbit she's like with fangs and she's like yeah like i you know i was drawing it from memory i remember she's like you must not have very good memory <laughs> memories of rabbits. Of rabbits. <laughs> so are, are you familiar with the child's book series Benicula? no this but... was very formative to me okay there was um there was a goosebumps book that had a bunny rabbit with fangs on it that oh. i remember from my childhood to which like when she was talking about the rabbit with fangs i was like whoa <laughs> right yeah and where, whereas i immediately went to the great benicula i am i he's put wow wow that is something to behold uh for the yeah. listeners it's spelled b-u-n-n-i-c-u-l-a yep <laughs> Look it up and with the tagline mystery today vegetables tomorrow the world and I did uh yeah I did spend a lot of time reading Benicula and all of the related books that was like a seminal series for me wow I mean it was about an evil rabbit yeah I I don't remember a lot about it I'm gonna be honest was the rabbit inherently like I mean it looks evil yeah, I, I I think it was, like, you know, told from the perspective of this rabbit who was, like, genuinely helpless, but also, like, you know. Dracula? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And there was, yeah, there was a whole bunch of related books, uh, including Watership one <laughs> including one called uh, Benicula Meets Edgar Allan Crow. 
Wow. And I did not know this, but there was apparently a uh, an animated series, which I have no idea when that came out or where that aired, but I did not know anything about it. That is terrifying. I the Benicula cartoon's eyes are very red in like a very bloodshot way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a children's novel series about a vampire rabbit named Benicula who sucks the juice out of vegetables. There's seven oh. books released from 1979 to 2006. Interesting. Wow, that so. sounds like fairly normal and a fun concept for a book with very, very scary artwork. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, so anyways, that, that's what I'm imagining Connie is drawing upon here. <laughs> Benicula. Yeah. The mighty Benicula. Absolutely. And then, I, uh, so Penny, it's revealed that Penny's, like, really good at drawing. Oh, um, yeah, of course. She draws, like, uh, what, the, the... A black and white sunset, and Connie's yeah. like, how? And she's like, oh, you know, all the shading. Yeah. It's all it's in, in the, in the shading. shading. <laughs> that, the, her, her, uh, the, her delivery of that line was when I was like, this is an old person reading this line, isn't there? <laughs> Uh, um, and she really wants, Connie's like, really like, I'm going to drop the class. Yeah. And I had then, to give him Big Ben fangs. Yeah. Is what she says. And, uh. And then Trask comes over and, uh, he wants to look at her drawings and she's like, nope, I'm going to be dropping the class. And Penny just like spreads all of them out across yep. the table, which is really well sound engineered. Um, and then he looks at them and goes like, oh, it's that rabbit with fangs. And they kind of do that whole bit. And then it's like, oh, you know, what's this one? You know, a plate of roadkill. No, 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 I know it's a hat on a table. It's a bowl of oatmeal. A hat on a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I was just kidding. You can clearly see the ribbon there. And then he gets very excited about a reproduction of the Mona Lisa that yeah. like matches the inconsistent background. Um and she is... does yeah she does that super well which yep. listen i i don't know that that's how drawing works where you suck at drawing so much and then you just find one thing that you're really good at doing like copying other masters artwork <laughs> yeah i mean i get the uh, the idea that she's showing promise in yeah. that area and not the others and then she's going to get better with time but it also does yeah come across as like she's a genius especially because of the later scene with with penny yeah but, um so right. uh she asked to show the copy oh yeah he's to gonna show it to the class yeah he wants to show your work to the class <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. No, no, it's it's, it's, fun. it's really fun. I I mean, solid thumbs up for me. Um, so this is when we get Pole House and Hospital Security. Um, yep. This is all, it all presumably is taking place in one day so far. Correct. Um, correct. Like the there plane is, crash was in the morning. Yep. There is a whole timeline for the Green Ring Conspiracy, which I'm trying to pull up now. Mm -hmm. um, is, each day is three episodes so it's okay. four days total so this is the end of day one that makes a lot of sense uh so this is where they're talking and and T i think uh agent tanner is here as well and they're just kind of having issues finding no th th this is where agent tanner arrives oh in this scene yes, yes she's yes, like yes. i'm agent Lord. What, what what is her line now it's one of those ones that's like glued in my yeah. mind but i didn't write it down well enough uh but i'm agent wait what's her first name lauren tanner tanner secret service yep uh but then but then it's the something she, about monty right right he he's a rogue agent oh yeah which is which yeah. is the, the yeah he's part he's in a i'm uh, agent lauren taylor ring and then it's yeah and she goes to explain this whole thing of like the lure of the investigating money was just too right much. investigating it this uh yeah investigating this mystery and of this like you know counterfeiting ring they oh well i guess that that a lot of that comes later so this mm -hmm. is basically just her saying like he's a rogue agent i'm from the secret service 
and then yeah, everyone and they're going, talking about where what? did he go, and then they just like jump to the next scene. Well, uh, we also get uh, Paul House uh, talking about what he did, and he's like, I. I I've uh, posted posters of him all around town on milk cartons and shouted "Ollie, Ollie!" income free in the streets. Right. And then, you know, he's like, how far could he have gotten away? And and this is when he drops the line, I once kidnapped a cow after hitting my head in an accident. But that's another story for another time. (laughs) Right. Right. This is... And it's not acknowledged after this, but boy do I wish it was, because that's the story I want to (laughs) hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is right. This is the thing that we were hitting on earlier, where I'm like, I I think Pole House is like great Fun? now. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like he went from me being so mad at him to me being like, okay, I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Well, and he's talking about coffee and everything like that. I, he he makes some pretty funny jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's good. Yeah. So he's a rogue agent working with the counterfeit wearing what, and then we cut to. Buck and Eugene at wit's end. Um, You know, he filled out the application. Yep. He's still, like, being charming to to Emily. Mm -hmm. And then he walks out, calls Skint, and is like, hey, the backpack's at wit's end. Or, like, Pole House took it. And then, like, I'm applying for a job at wit's end. And there's a girl here that might lead me right uh, right to it. Uh, or like help me solve the mystery right there's also so when he's explaining the thing with the backpack Mm -hmm. he says a cop named pole house took it away Mm -hmm. and i was like wait but why would you say it like that you already filled skin in when pole house was at wally Hagler's yesterday so he knows who pole house is so why did you say a cop named pole house it's not perfectly consistent, unfortunately, and it's upsetting. Hey, it's like my only nitpick this episode. So I'm no, yeah, to, I mean, <laughs> I well, my, my nitpick it. is uh, is Buck preying on Emily. <laughs> That's but that is a active choice. Yeah, yeah, that is That's not fair. like, yeah, that's not like a yeah. plot frustration or like no. whatever. No, um, yeah, and then uh. We um, okay, so we then go right. We go back to the. We are cutting back and forth so much during this, like during yeah. the second half of this episode. It's well, it's because we've got the Buck and Eugene scene, the Wit and the like authority scene, and right. and Penny and Connie. Typically, we right. just have the two. Yep, and so so we are now jumping back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they are kind of filling everyone in we find out the pilot and dirk are both in critical condition one here in odyssey one in connellsville yeah um dirk beggs had a blood clot um that went to his brain which i'm pretty sure that's a stroke i i right yeah yeah. you're right (laughs) um Um, but yeah because of because of him trying to avoid coming in mm -hmm. um this this happened and then we get Paul House accusing of, Wally again. Right, right. So <laughs> so they're filling in Tanner on kind of what went down and, like, him being at the um, Hagler's junkyard. And Wit's like, Wally Hagler's junk term. And, um, and Paul House is like, he's done jail time, you know? Like, did you know yeah. that? And Wit responds with the best response ever. Good guy Wit back again yeah. to say... No, is there a reason I should? Of just like, yeah, I don't care that he's done j- jail time. Like that's irrelevant. Like, wh- yeah. wh- what are you getting at, Pole House? If, if that if that's not what he's like, I know Wally like Hagler. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good, such a good moment. Makes me happy. Um. So we're talking about uh. So the the quality of it's a super high quality counterfeit, um, and and Wit is still coming to the defense of uh, of Monty. Um, you know, obviously Tanner is convinced that he's turned, um, but they want to see the backpack. Yeah. Yep. I mean that's. Yeah. Right. Then that's Tanner's the like, we got to go to the police station, go yeah. see the backpack, and then we jump to 
Penny and Connie at a restaurant on campus. The most where... popular eatery. I know eatery is so weird. I don't know why they said eatery. I um, yeah no, it's just an excuse to make the prices more expensive. Right. And Penny had Penny made the menus. They're like she like designed them, and they're under like glass on the table, and she did them in like erasable you know, chalk or whatever, and it's like, yeah, she's just kind of talking about, like, all this art mm-hmm. stuff she does, and Connie's yeah. like, yeah, really, really interested, and then, um, and then Penny's like, look, like, you've got some promise here and doing the replicas, like, that's a thing that, like, you know, anytime you go to one of, like, a hospital or, like, an office building and they've got, like, art hanging up. It's never the real thing. It's always a replica someone made. Like, you know, we could do that together. Um, and it's just kind of, and Connie's like, eh, I don't know. I'm not very good. And Penny's like, you know what your problem is, Connie? Like, you lack confidence. Like, let's yeah. let's do this. Um, I'm going to pray that you see your full potential. Right. And, and then Connie responds so weirdly. Yeah. Where... Penny's like, you know, yeah, I pray that you see your full potential. And Connie's like, prayer? What kind of prayer? Yeah. Like, who are you praying to? And I'm like, Christian kind. Right. Yeah. I mean, I suppose prayer is a general term for communication. But But it's just like, why? why, I don't know. Why would you respond like that? Right. Why would you pick a fight? Yeah. Or just be, like, skeptical or whatever. Just be like, okay, she prayers putting that... She prays putting that in my (laughs) back pocket for for later, like, as I continue to build a relationship with a new person. But instead, you're just like, no, no, no. I gotta know what kind of prayer you do so that we can fight, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Or, um, you know, just just know whether we can be friends or not. Yeah. Uh, and, And, you know, or you could read it as she's just excited that this person that she's friends with might also share her faith which right is so, fair but she so there doesn't is, handle herself well it, it, if it is supposed to come off as excitement connie is not is but it's being played as skepticism yeah like she's co- suddenly on edge from the idea that penny prays yeah and so she interrogates it and it turns out yeah. that dr Tr- oh uh Dr. Trask, I think, is well. It's put what I put in my notes. She Penny might call her Doctor. Call him Doctor Trask here. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, he's a Christian too, and he leads a Bible study on campus. To which I immediately thought, Oh gosh, this man has a cult. This is bad. <laughs> time will tell. This is some. This is some uh, midsummer beginnings or whatever. But yeah, I mean, but it. Uh, if you don't read it as that, and you're just like, oh, cool, like, these two people that Connie met and is, like, you know, building relationships with are, you know, part of a Christian group on campus, and that's cool. That's exciting and yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, and then we jump back to Pulhouse Because also, it, it needs to be said that, like, you can't be friends with someone if you don't share their faith. No, no, yeah, it's 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 mandatory, Um you know, it, much much like the vaccine, uh, you you know you gotta check check make sure they got the same microchip that you do, and everything lines up all right. For sure. And Andrew and I, we've got matching microchips. Yeah, we do. That's why the 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 charisma on this show is so top tier. It's because mm-hmm. we are actually communicating telepathically. Oh, for sure. We're not just one person. You too can join Johnson really and Johnson gang. This this is this is the this is the plug. <laughs> Get vaccinated. Jo- jo- join us. So we also, yeah, we jump, we jump back again now, and this is where Tanner's filling everyone in. It was like mm-hmm. Monty was working undercover um, in Des Moines. He came across this small counterfeiting thing and kind of got integrated there, and it wound up having ties to like this bigger, you know, ring mm-hmm. of counterfeiting um, that involved the stiletto. Stiletto, um, <laughs> right? And so this is this is maybe part of what's going on with Pole House. This episode is they have to warm him up slightly in order to establish how cold Tanner is. That yeah, because yeah, they might. <laughs> she is like she has to like they have to share scenes together, and she has to be brutal, no nonsense, like mm-hmm. all business. 
Yeah. And so it's like, all right, we, so we got to make, we got to give Pole House a little bit of charm just to yeah. hammer home how cold she is. <laughs> and she is ice cold without a pulse in the yeah. scene. Yep. And so she's like, you know, Monty went dark. Then all of a sudden he showed up here in Odyssey. I think like we're, we're treating him as a rogue agent. We think that he turned because the money was too promising. Yeah. Um, the lure of the big money is just too and great. It's just like, you know, not my grandson who I didn't know what his job was. And yeah. <laughs> spoken to on air in 20 years. Not certainly. him. Certainly. I know. <laughs> I know he couldn't be involved in counterfeiting. Certainly. No. Yeah. And so, uh, it's like, all right, Not like my I'm gonna... old friend's child that has a criminal history, right? He couldn't be involved in anything skeptical. No, no. And if oh. it is, you know, just let kids be kids. Right. For sure. <laughs> That's the moral of Odyssey. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> Whew. Wit, there's now there's now this interesting interaction where Wit is like, you know, setting up to like Tanner's going to send Wit home, mm-hmm. have you know, and asks um, Polehouse to have officers follow him from a distance, yeah. and Polehouse is like, "Do you think we just are like made of officers here?" And mm-hmm. and Wit's like, "It'll be fine if I just go alone. You know, I'll talk to him, whatever." And they're like, "Okay," and so Wit leaves. <laughs> And immediately pauses, like, you're not going to let him go home alone. She's like, absolutely not. We'll have him followed. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I love and is great. And good call, Tanner. You know, I, I appreciate Taking it. Taking care of Wit, um, obviously. And, oh, oh, by the way, Wit immediately calls Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, there's no secrecy. Eugene right. is barely, in, well, I guess he is. He's aware of the money, so. Yeah, but as, as they're walking home... The door to Wit's house is open, and he's like, huh, how did that happen? Couldn't possibly be that my grandson is inside. And then we end the episode. Oh my gosh, my grandson. (laughs) End of episode. (laughs) What are you doing here? This was a completely unexpected surprise. (laughs) This is not the thing that I was trying to accomplish by going home. Certainly not. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. End of episode. Shoehorn moral. Woohoo. What's the moral for this one? Is uh, it the same thing as all the, the more The moral for the whole saga is the same, but I don't, I don't, I didn't actually take notes on what, uh, what, what Chris, Chris wrote is. down as like her little end of, end of yeah. episode thing. Let's see if I can guess just by, uh, probably more of the, oh no, I remember it's the, what's going to happen next. It's one oh. of those ones. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Um. Any other closing thoughts regarding the episode? I mean, I feel like it's been great, honestly. Yeah. As far this as one Odyssey is just concerned. like moving, moving plot along, but mm-hmm. we get characters that like introduce that are cool. Um. And yeah, it's setting setting up the dominoes to to topple in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we get some. You, we get the fun different character interactions like between Emily and Buck and uh and between Penny and Connie and um and now with Wit and Pullhouse and Tanner and all of that like it's it, it For sure. it's fun it, it's yeah i am very with with how much new odyssey i've listened to which isn't all of it but definitely some and how disappointed i've been in that the green ring conspiracy has held up so well like, the music, mm-hmm. the score, the transition, mm-hmm. all of it. Like, I didn't think that it was going to occupy a Novacom-like space in my brain, but it it does. I mean, it's definitely close, if not, you know, if not completely on the same level. Yeah. I definitely have more of it memorized than I did the Blackguard episodes, because I only listened to them once or twice. Um I probably still have more of Novacom memorized because that's that's just I probably in my DNA in some place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you got anything you're gonna plug this week, Andrew? Uh, I'm gonna do the noble task that nobody else has ever done and say get vaccinated. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, do it. We are a fully vaccinated podcast, so join that us in that chat squad. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's worth it if you. If you 
are concerned about it. Your concerns are valid. There is information out there, but vaccines work, and um, yeah, it it's the only way that things will get back to normal, in in my opinion, um, and in that of general science, I believe. <laughs> so, good, 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 good selling point. Thank you. <laughs> nice, clean, crisp plug. <laughs> very, very crisp. What about you, Dylan? Do you have anything? Uh, I guess I'm just going to reiterate, uh, watch August Rush. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. It has a killer soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you want a, it's, it's, uh, less, there's less, maybe less charm than the Buck and Mr. Skint relationship, but we're exploring similar dynamics. And it's got Robin Williams in it, so you it know what you're getting Robin into Williams. with that. Uh, all right. Yeah, so that is, that's all she wrote, folks. And we will be back next week for episode 682, The Green Ring Conspiracy, part four. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lititz Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Green Ring Conspiracy Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sable, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Podcast.